Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Matt Appeal. I'm Susan Okereke. And my name is Bobby Siegel. And for the previous seven episodes of this series, we've hoped to show that maths is really for everyone. You'll know by now, yeah, that we're blessed to have a really brilliant partnership with National Numeracy and Experian. And there'll be no surprises in our structure. As you'll know, we always have a math problem that we solve. There's a guest and a math fact from our Bobby. And we also like to show you that maths is everywhere. So some of the episodes focus on different aspects of the real world of mathematics. For example, in episode three, uh, we looked at maths and baking with Peter Sorkins, Bake Off champion. And then in episode seven, uh, we looked at the world of comparison and best buys. And this episode is going to be no different. We are going to explore maths and travel. So we are looking at how we think about how to make the most of travel costs. So our problem will be looking at that today. And in that light, we have a special guest, in fact, a national numeracy ambassador who travels a lot for his work. <laughs> and his name is Harry Baker. So Susan, who is Harry Baker? So Harry actually graduated from Bristol University with a math degree. And after that, he became a full time poet <laughs> that's I what know. i said <laughs> a poet uh, and he performed on stages and he shares his words with the audience and he also shares his love of maths with his audiences as well and actually a really incredible fact is he actually was the youngest ever poetry world slam champion back in 2012 so this guy has some proper skills but <laughs> we are going to first set the problem for this episode because also we know that uh, maths problems the more you do it the more you start feeling comfortable with that field and as you know, what we do generally is we set up a problem um, by asking some pre-maths questions. First of all, you ask about how do you feel hearing the problem? So what are your emotions? Also, you, we ask the question, do you have any questions around the question? Does everything make sense? And then you ask what maths topics are in this problem. And then when you're with your pen and paper working through the actual problem, uh, you want to think about the facts that you can work out from the question, any rules or formula that you might need. Is there anything additional you can derive in the problem fact-wise? And then finally, yes, are you ready to actually do the question? So Bobby, are you ready to do today's math problem? And this one is travel themed. Rail tickets increased by 2% in year one and by 5% in year two. What was the overall increase over the two years? So I'll repeat one more time. Rail tickets increased by 2% in the first year. And then in the second year, they increased by 5%. Your question is to work out the overall increase over the two years. And so where is this problem from? 
is actually part of the National Numeracy Report. We mentioned a couple of these in previous episodes that the National Numeracy did a report and they asked a number of adults some math problems to see how they would fare. And this was one of the problems. Mm, absolutely. And while you have a little think about the problem, we will meet our guest, Harry Baker. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We are delighted to welcome Harry Baker to the podcast. Welcome, Harry. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And so for people who not, have not maybe heard of you before, you're a poet and you've got a maths degree, which for some people that might be surprising. Uh, can you explain to maybe some confused listeners, what's your connection? How did you, how did you connect maths and poetry? Yes, for a long time, I told myself they were very separate. I like maths mm. because they were definite right answers. It was really satisfying. And I like poetry because of the freedom and creativity that came with it. But the more that I sat with both, the more I realised that for me, they are both about slotting things into place, about making sense of the world, whether that's with numbers or words. And I think to do that, you have to let yourself be playful. So whether it is writing a poem or trying to solve an equation, I think part of that involves making mistakes and trying stuff out and that's the kind of element that I've I've learned to love about it is that playfulness and just sort of seeing what happens I think that's where the magic is so Harry in fact one of the first things I remember doing with you is both of us were uh, involved with National Numeracy Day in 2021 and we were on an Instagram live with the strictly <laughs> professional and National Numeracy yes. Ambassador Katia Jones <laughs> and she was teaching us a numerical dance. I mean that yeah strange but mad memories. <laughs> what, what, what led you on that journey to becoming a National Numeracy Ambassador and dancing numbers? <laughs> it, it was all building up to that moment. I thought one day if I can be dancing with Bobby on an Instagram live, it will all have been worth it. <laughs> Career goals. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, no, I've loved being part of the National Numeracy Day ambassador stuff with, with you and with others. And I think, again, I never thought that what I did was unusual. It's just something I've always done. And it's only through other people's reactions that they're surprised by it. And one of the things I love about the Numeracy Day stuff is that you've got Katja, who's an amazing dancer. You've got Peter, who's a baker. You've got me, who's another kind of baker, but who is a poet. And we all <laughs> use maths in our everyday. And I think it's just explaining it and breaking it down. Because I think one of these things is people just shut themselves off from it or think it's not for them and so don't really engage with it and I think it's about trying to make it feel more accessible and I have the same thing with poetry as well so many people when I tell them I'm a poet they just say that's not really for me <laughs> and you just think if you let yourself have a go or try and 
engage with it in some kind of way, then I think there is something in it for everyone. And so this year for Numeracy Day, I got to do a rap all about maths and I got to ride a scooter along a pier for a music video, <laughs> which is e equal life goals to dancing with Bobby on Instagram. Yeah, just I've seen the video on the scooter. It's brilliant. But also it was amazing how you kind of brought you brought in so many different people into your rhyme. It was, I don't know, I was very, very impressed indeed. Oh, thank um, you. And so massive congratulations as well on the fact that you've written a book, Is It Unashamed? Absolutely, and, um, yes. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about it, please? Yes, so this came about, I was up at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2019, and I realised that on the 5th of August, at the start of my run, I was going to turn 10,000 days old. And since <laughs> then, I've learned that other mathematicians equally celebrate this. So it's 27 and a bit, but for one day, it's just very nice and neat. And I use this as an excuse to talk about the maths and the poetry together, because as I said, I'd always thought they were separate. And as soon as I looked into it, there were so many ways that it had crossover for me. One of the first things I ever wrote was for a school Battle of the Bands competition, and I did a Jay-Z homage called 99 Problems But Maths Ain't One. Yes. And in it, <laughs> I had an 81-digit pi solo. And it was me and my friend Luke just going back to back with digits of pi. And even yeah. though that was part of my origin story, I was like, nah, math isn't really part of my work. And so by letting myself lean into it, I was able to tour with this show and absolutely loved it. And so the, the new show and the book are both called Unashamed. And it's about leaning into all of these different parts of us. So for me, it's the poetry and the maths, but it's also the fact that with the poetry, I can be funny and I can be light, but also you can be deeper and more meaningful and it's trying to not apologize for any of those things so I love how much mathy stuff I've got in there but it's also trying to just celebrate all of ourselves I think 81 digits of pi that's incredible I think that's probably the you know I I, I, I challenge any other poet out there to recite more than 81 uh, um Harry so I've got my my phone up I'm looking through your Instagram and I can see again you're talking about you're touring the country and it seems to involve a lot of travel. I see this on your Instagram stories as well. So how do you think having good numeracy skills actually helps you with managing your travel logistics and costs? Because it seems like, you know, you're on the move, you're constantly moving around with the, with the tour. Yes, I absolutely love it. I know some people don't, but I get as excited about the travel as I do about the gigs. <laughs> and it's partly, like, it's really satisfying if you can book it far enough in advance and, and save money on your ticket. But also, because I do a lot of stuff in schools as well as at the gigs, for the six months leading up to the tour, if any school got in touch and said, hey, we'd like for you to come and speak to us, we're based in Reading, I would then look at my tour map and think, where is the closest venue that I'm doing and can I get to it on the way? And so on one level, it's logistics in terms of, you know, trying to save as much money as possible, but also trying to slot things in because I'm based in Margate, you know, on the Southeast coast. So there's lots of places I can't get to in a day, but suddenly if I find myself in Hull one day and Preston the next, I think, oh, maybe I can just stop off in York on the way. And so I really love that side of things. And I think, again, that's something that can feel really daunting, but I think for me, it almost becomes a game of seeing how far can I get in a day and then because of that, it feels more manageable. Oh, so you sort of see it as a bit of a, a puzzle to sort of solve where you can be the most efficient and save money and kind of see as many things as possible. 
Yes, the most extreme day I've had was uh, on the 20th of October, I woke up in Preston, having performed the night before in Wigan, I think. And then I was going to do a school just south of Leeds, but I worked out I had an hour that I was waiting at the station. And in that hour, I was asked to perform for a conference on Zoom. So I had an hour from Leeds Station to try and find a sort of hotel lobby that had Wi-Fi. I then logged in, performed the most low-key performance I've ever done, trying not to disturb the people around me, and jumped back on my train when I did this school, then went to do this gig, and then, because there wasn't a train home, got the overnight National Express from Halifax, got into Victoria at 6am where I then got the train back to Margate and I was back in my bed at 8am and it is not sustainable to do that every day (laughs) however as a like one-off epic adventure I was just running on adrenaline the whole way through I can see that as a that's like a whole stand-up set itself isn't it that one day or epic GCSE maths problem Exactly. Exactly. How does Harry get from A to B via C, D, E, F, and G? Amazing. Um, Just quickly as well, can you tell us, are you touring currently? What's the situation? Where can people see you if they want to? Yes. So I did the show in Edinburgh in August and I'm touring it all the way through till February. So when you're listening to this, please do keep an eye out. Uh, I'm going all over. So the dates are on my website, harrybaker.co, and also on my Instagram, I'll be posting them up. And I would love it if people wanted to come along. Brilliant. And on that note then as well, because it's actually the last, you're our last guest of the series, would you be able to please give us a poem to end on a flourish? Yes, (laughs) I will. And I've chosen this one. It's technically a Christmas poem. And what I did was I broke my life. Christmas. Exact Chris Maths, come on. Yeah. Um, and so I took a different memory from each year of my first 24 years of my life, like an advent calendar, and kind of broke up mathematically. So I won't do all 24, I'll just go up to eight maybe. But this is the sort of start of my Christmas journey. One, it's not realizing it and yet being the center of attention. Two, it's being more excited about the wrapping paper than the presents. It is a box. It is a rocket, it is a fort, it is the thought that counts. Three, it's just about grasping the concept of December. Four, it is loving it at the time but still being too young to remember. Five, it is the school nativity, where you don't have to be the star to be the star of the show, where a tea towel on your head and a dressing gown combo will somehow define you as wise. Six, it's writing Christmas cards for everybody in the class. Because they sell them in packs of 30, why wouldn't you want to be friends with everyone? Being too young for classroom politics. Being too young for worrying about how many kisses is too many kisses. A simple happy Christmas printed in the middle. Their name at the top, yours in the bottom. And you can blitz them in a night. Seven. It's Uncle Steve dressing up as Father Christmas. It's Toby's mum ringing up your mum upset because you told him about Father Christmas. It's James McLean telling you 10 years later that you told him about Father Christmas. It's finding it hard to believe you found it so hard to believe when it came to Father Christmas. It's wanting to put the record straight today for all the younger listeners. The truth about Father Christmas is that sometimes he gets my Uncle Steve to help out when things get really busy. Eight. It is a joint Christmas and birthday present for you and your brother. That's four presents worth of one in the form of a PlayStation 2. Applying a similar concept of sharing to your daily half an hour time limit. 
The first half an hour is Joel's half an hour. I'm just helping out. The second half an hour is my half an hour, but I can't do it without him. The third half an hour is we're just looking for a save point, mum. Twice your current lifetime away, you will ask Joel about presents growing up. And this will still be the one that you both remember. Aww. Woo! That was brilliant. That was oh, wicked. Oh, it was incredible. Well, thank you so much for having me. And you're very welcome at any gig ever. I really enjoyed listening to him. In fact, I want him to come on every single week <laughs> and deliver a poem like that. You know, the years. I want to, I want to see... You know, when Harry gets to 100, how he gets to 90, <laughs> 98, two years away from 100, like 99's problems. And like, I just love the way, not yeah. just not just passion for maths, but I think showing that maths can be combined to other things, words mm. and poetry and and humour. And it just shows that maths is like part of, you know, it's part of us, it's part of humanity. Yeah, and it's creative. It was so lovely, his talk about how he puts together poems and he said it's actually quite similar to how he thinks about math problems. And you're like, okay, this is so nice to hear about math in a really creative way, in a kind of like empowering way where you just don't necessarily hear that. And, you know, the fact that he loves the two things and they're not mutually exclusive, they connect and he uses his knowledge from both to create wonderful things. I just think he's great. And we need to check him out on, on tour, don't we? Definitely. So that's going to be a maths appeal trip. Uh, so a massive thank you to Harry and really enjoyed having you on uh, episode eight of the Maths Appeal podcast series three, where we've teamed up with Experian. Whether it's bills, budgeting or even baking, maths is part of everyday life for all of us. Experian is on a mission to help the nation improve their financial health. And we know that good number skills and confidence are a gateway to helping you get there. And that is why Experian is a proud supporter of the Maths Appeal podcast and long-running partner of National Numeracy, working together to help you fulfil your potential. And it is time to, for everyone to fill their potential in this mm. episode where we look at the problem again and see how we solve it. Okay, I've got the problem here. It is about rail tickets and it's quite realistic in terms of we're living in an inflationary mm. environment. Prices are generally going up. So in the problem, we had rail tickets in the first year, they went up by 2% and in the second year, they went up by 5%. And you were asked to work out what the overall increase is for the two years. So Susan, apart from feeling annoyed <laughs> that rail prices are going up uh, every how year, you, <laughs> how did you feel? Uh, Do you know what, actually, I, when I first saw this problem, I was like, I didn't like it at all. And this is a math teacher. I was like, I looked at it and I thought, oh, I don't like this. Because it wasn't like we were finding the percentage of an actual amount. It was, it was, it was asking for an increase, but it wasn't specific as to what that meant. Okay. So I read it as an increase in it as a percentage increase, but it's not clear in the question. So I felt it jarred me when I heard it. And I can imagine for many people, there's an element of like, I, what's the, what, what is the answer? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So, I, I, yeah. So do you think it, it, it will make sense to people in the real world? And when they're thinking about what topics is involved, are they like, oh, does it seem a bit theoretical? 
It, I think so. I mean, I mean, again, I would love to hear people's opinions on this question, like where, what your initial thoughts were. But I think I think of it as well as, as the students that I work with, the idea that the increase is not specified as in like, are we finding it in terms of pounds? We're not because there isn't a cost given. So we're thinking about the increase in terms of percentages. And again, what that means is an understanding, a very good understanding of percentages. But then also it's a percentage of a percentage mm. <laughs> which for many people that's quite a mind-blowing yeah. idea so it's you know because yeah there's a lot of kind of understanding that you kind of need to have here and it's something on top of something as opposed to say finding halfway between two percent and five percent which some people might think is an answer mm. so how did you go about solving this well as i said at the beginning when we my first initial thing was i solved it I needed to put values to this. And I remember being at like a, 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 a course years ago and the idea of thinking about percentage problems. And when you're given a percentage problem where there isn't a, a value given, as in there isn't a, a cost given or isn't a number of people given, it's just percent, we're working percentages. Someone gave the advice of why don't you allocate a hundred as the value mm. that you don't have. So I allocated a ticket cost of a hundred pounds. <laughs> and so I worked out 2% increase for a hundred pounds would be 102 pounds. Mm. And then a 5% increase on that 102 pounds was 107 pounds and 10 pence. <laughs> Overall, once you've got the 107 pounds and 10 pence, because that, that hundred pound ticket is represent the hundred percent. Mm. The seven point one is a percentage increase. Mm. And Does that make sense? Yeah, and and to be honest, I think your method is something that probably is a good way to to make it tangible and real. Because I went in about it in a sort of abstract way. I mm. thought, oh, uh, something I might have talked about maybe in previous seasons is something known as a multiplier. So yes. if you're increasing something by ten percent, that's multiplying it by one point one. Or if you're increasing something by 55%, you're multiplying it by 1.55. Just to, so just to make picture, just, to, just want to make sure for anyone who's not sure where those numbers have come from, if you've done, a, if you've increased by 10%, sorry, that is 110% because you've taken 100%, mm. if you added 10% to it, you've got 110%, make that into a decimal, that's 1.1. So if you have 50% and you increase, if you've got 55%, like Bobby said, and you have an increase of that, the new percentage, the new value is 155%. To make the multiplier, it's 1.55. So that's where Bobby's numbers are from. <laughs> exactly. Good. Thank you for that. Um, so for this one here, 2%, I would write it as 1.02. So 102 divided by 100. And then I multiplied that by... 5%, that's 1.05, that's 105 divided by 100. So 1.02 times 1.05, again, use my calculator, that gives me 1.071, which is a 7.1% interest, which is the same uh, increase as yours. Yeah, it is. So this, I think, is, this is one of the problems that many adults got wrong, was that over 50% didn't get this correct mm. in the report. And again, it's the understanding of, percentages but I, i'm hoping that the strategy of using a hundred as your base value and then doing the percentages on that value then will give you the outcome of the percentage that you want and then it's hopefully easier to understand as an idea hopefully it's that time it's the fact time waiting for bobby seagull to blow our minds once again <laughs> with some math information hit us bobby 
when we were talking to Harry, we were discussing the concept of him traveling around the country, touring. And actually, there's a mathematical way of looking at this, and it's known as the traveling salesman problem. So imagine you're given a list of cities and let's say distance between these pairs of cities. Your task is to work out what's the shortest possible route mm. that you can visit each city just once and return back to your hometown. And this is, yeah, as I said, known as a traveling uh, salesman problem. And actually this problem is so important that in order to work out the shortest route, an organization called the Clay Math Institute has a $1 million prize if someone finds an efficient algorithm to work out the shortest route or prove that you can't find a shortest method. And I'm going to show you a, a little illustration of why this is important. So imagine like Harry's traveling and he's got three cities to visit before he goes back home. So with three cities, actually, if you draw it out, there's only just there's three different routes he can take to go to the cities and come back home. If you go to five cities, it turns out that there are 60 different routes. Oh, whoa. If you go to six cities, now there's 360 routes for Harry to work out which is the most efficient. And if you get to 10 cities, Harry's going to have to work out 1.8 million different oh. routes on his tour. And I think it worked out that even if you did 10 routes per second, that would still take Harry two days to work out what's the most efficient route. And that's like a brute force algorithm. And oh actually, this, uh, this sort of traveling salesman problem, they apply it for when they're um, soldering circuit boards or where they're planning routes to supermarket deliveries. So while obviously as humans, we're not doing, you know, we're not saying they're doing an algorithm, we are trying to find the most efficient route. And you, know, you think I've got my, do my shopping, I'm going to pick up my prescription, mm, yeah. I'm going to go and say hi to my nan, and then I've got to go and say hi to Susan. <laughs> I'm actually, you're actually doing in your head a traveling salesman problem. What's the most efficient way of seeing all these three, four, five, six different people or places or cities? But you're not going to get a prize of a million pounds for it? Well, because I'm going to keep it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So that's so, and so is, is that problem still out there? Yeah. It... it just, can anyone find an efficient algorithm to work out, let's say for 5, 10, 15, 20 cities, yeah. the most efficient way of traveling it? Or can you prove that it's impossible to solve? And no hard. one has done that. No. Wow. Okay. Harry might. Harry Baker might. Harry Baker. Well, that's that's our that's our that's our project for the next for the next series. <laughs> series uh, four to series seventy two will be on solving the traveling salesman problem. <laughs> this has been episode eight, and it's our final episode, Bobby, of the Matterpill podcast in partnership with National Numeracy and Experian. It has been wonderful to do. Yeah, it really has been because we like to think that over the course of these episodes we've inspired you to think about your number skills and think actually i can get better and the national numeracy challenge is absolutely one way to do that and we really hope that you continue to share your problem solving solutions with us um we are at matt appeal on twitter and on instagram and we'd also love to hear if there's any problems or questions that you'd like us to do in the future do share them with us as well and if you are new to maths appeal and you really enjoyed series three actually there are two other series one and two that you can listen to as well and you've been listening to matt appeal with me susan okareke and bobby seagull and our music is by kelly okareke and our producer is jenny nelson and we really hope you continue building your math confidence and spreading some math positivity wherever you are
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.